You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Happy Easter, guys. It's Pastor Jurgen here. I am so thrilled to be coming at you right here, right now. Man, what a magnificent Sunday. I trust you've already having a great time in the house of God. Well, I want you to come with me in your Bibles because, boy, do I have a powerful Easter message for you. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 to 5, this is what it reads. It says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared. And they came and found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of Jesus or of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, these men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was with you in Galilee saying the Son of Man must be risen, and they remembered that. You know, today I want to talk to you, really powerful message of what Easter is all about. A lot of people know of Easter, Easter bunny, and chocolate eggs, and hiding eggs, and, and you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a Sunday where I guess I should do the right thing, go to church. There was Good Friday on Friday, and when I was a little kid, I didn't grow up in church, I used to think, man, how could Good Friday be Good Friday? Like they crucified an innocent man. Hello, what is good about that? Because I had no idea what the gospel was about. So they buried Jesus Friday afternoon, Sunday morning. He gets up out of the grave. This is a powerful story because even though his disciples and his followers were privy to his conversation and teaching, still the great battle is not hearing a truth, it's believing the truth. In this life, you'll find that it's not just hearing, but it's believing. It's believing that it takes us forward. And even the disciples found it hard to believe that, man, we saw him die on that cross. We saw him breathe his last. We saw him expire. We saw the the soldier plunge the spear through his side. We saw the blood and water flow with no movement from Jesus. We knew he was dead. We wrapped his body in linen. We placed it in the tomb. We know he was dead. Now they come, the stones rolled away, and Jesus isn't in there. What I want to talk to you today is about the three things that the angel says. The first thing the angel said is, He is not here. He is not here. He is risen. Because I grew up in a home where my father was uh, an East German atheist. He was brought up under communism, socialism, atheism. From a young age, he told me that there was no such thing as God. I met people that uh, went to church and I knew people who were religious. What is interesting is here, these people are devout people. These are people who went to the synagogue every week. These were followers of Jesus. They walk into the tomb and he is not here. I want you to know that the world is full of religion, but you won't find Jesus 
is captive or Jesus is in the tomb. Jesus is not in the religion. He's not in the tomb. Jesus has got up. He has left the building like Elvis. He got up. He left the building. Life has walked out of the tomb. The tomb, in the tomb, you'll find his wrappings. In the tomb, you'll find his linen coverings. In the tomb, you will find all the accoutrements of what was. Religion worships what was. It's about tradition. It's about liturgy. It's about dogma. But if you want life, you need to understand that Jesus is a resurrected power. He is, a, he is the resurrection and the life. He got up out of religion. He got up out of grave clothes. He got up out of tradition. In fact, it was religion that put Jesus in the tomb. The Bible teaches us that because we were transgressors, we break the law of God. Somebody had to come and keep and fulfill the entire law of God, which was Jesus. And then Jesus went to a cross to be crucified, having fulfilled all of God's requirements for perfection and righteousness. Jesus made an exchange on the cross. This was heaven's will. You and I who are transgressors and violators of God's law, who deserve to go to hell, not heaven, Jesus went to the cross to make an exchange. He gave us His righteousness and He took upon Himself our wickedness, our sinfulness. He took on Himself on the cross. That's why it's a place of exchange. And He made that exchange. But it was religion that put Him in the tomb. But I want you to know, if you just think, well, maybe if I become religious, I'll find power. Maybe if I become religious, I'll find a new life. Man, you might find some new ideals and some new traditions and some great morals and whatever, but you won't find the resurrection life. Resurrection got up out of that tomb on the Sunday. He is not here. He is not in religion. I got saved on a beach. I didn't get saved in church. I got saved on a beach. I had an encounter with a living God on a beach. I prayed a prayer and I invited Christ into my heart. I asked Him to forgive me of all my sin. Man, I was so messed up. I used to use people and use drugs and use everything, trying to fulfill this hole on the inside of me. And then when I prayed that prayer and asked Christ to come into my heart, it was like for the first time in my life, that hole that I kept trying to fill that would fill momentarily. And then a day later, an hour later, it would be empty again and I'd have to use something or use somebody else to try and fill it. All of a sudden it was filled. It wasn't filled by religion. It was filled by the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. When He came in, the light came on. When He came in, life came in. When He came in, power came in. When He came in, peace came in. When He came in, joy and assurance and satisfaction came into my life. You know, the home that I grew up in, my dad told me, from, a, from just a young age that there was no such thing as God. I think it was the, uh, the great Russian cosmonaut, Yuri Gagarin in 1961. Uh, they were the first, the Russians were the first to get to the moon. America was first to walk on the moon and plant our flag in the moon. It was called, called the space race. But in 1961, the Russian cosmonaut, Yuri Gagarin, got up there and broadcasted back. And look, he was under pressure from his government to do so. But basically what he said is, we the Russians are in outer space. We are here at the moon and we see no God up here. And I remember my dad as a little kid tried to tell me, you know, how many planes fly in the sky? Not one of them has seen an angel. And you know, all the cartoons when I was little, you know, you see the angels sitting on clouds playing harps. And I thought, man, man, that makes sense. 
you know, at six years of age, I flew on a plane from Australia back to Germany. And, you know, I'm looking out the window, saw lots of clouds, didn't see any angels. I mean, you never hear of, you know, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, boof, boof, both engines go out. And uh, you're like, what just happened? You know, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is your captain. Um, whoa, I don't know how to tell you this, but two angels just got sucked into a turbine three and we lost a whole wing. You know, you never see a plane crash and, you know, they cross over and this is Barry Gumboot reporting right behind me. You'll see the smoldering wreckage of the fuselage and man, you know, expert uh, saying right now, hang on, what's that? Angels got sucked into turbine one, two, and their golden harps caused the, caused the turbines to cease, thus tearing. You never hear that. So I just assumed that what my daddy told me was real. But I've got to tell you, not looking for Jesus, trying to find sponsorship, trying to make it in the amateur surfing world, I had an encounter with somebody that 2,000 years ago got up out of the tomb. I know he got out of the tomb because he walked into my heart today. 33 years later, my life is so radically altered, so radically different. The only explanation is that a risen Savior got up out of religion. Friend, religion is not a bad thing unless they're killing each other. But I want you to know that God didn't look down from heaven into earth and say, you know what the world needs is more religion. Fooey to that. God knew that we needed delivering from religion. They say that religion is man's attempt to God to get to God. Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. Jesus rose from the dead, came, came and lived in my heart, and I know He wants to do the same thing for you. The second thing the angel says is, why are you seeking the living amongst the dead? The angels are perplexed. Like they're looking like you, you, you're in a tomb. Why are you looking for life in stuff that's dead? Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And we can say, oh, silly Mary, Magdalene, and silly disciples. But you know what? The truth is we do exactly the same. Do you know, up until I found Jesus, I was looking for life in death. I was looking for life in things that not only make me die, but I was looking for life in things that are dead. When Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible says they took fig leaves. They'd snap fig leaves off trees, sew them together to make themselves coverings. If you could get into a microscope and look down at those fig leaves, you'll find that the fig leaves were a perfect representation of Adam and Eve. Because of Adam and Eve's disconnection from God through sin, because they were disconnected now from the life of God through sin, death came into them. They took leaves and disconnected it from the tree, from the fig tree, from its source. And if you could look under a microscope, you'd see already the corners and the edges of the leaves were beginning to brown as the nutrients were now starting to die. I used to roll certain leaves and smoke them thinking that maybe there's life in dead leaves that are being consumed by a fire, but it didn't. Maybe there's, maybe there's life in booze or life in drugs or life in using people. I found that I was looking for life in things that make me die. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've tried one thing after another, after another, after another. I'm telling you, you don't find life where there's death you find life in a resurrected Savior. You know, we live in the age of Hollywood and rock stars and movie stars. And, and uh, you know, you only need to be in the checkout line and they're trying to give you uh, 
this latest Hollywood celebrity couple's, you know, keys for a relationship and they're courting again and they're married again and they're doing this and they're doing that, only to find that marriages, most of them don't last. They're in and out of rehab and yet we have so many young people, their aspiration is, I want to follow them. I want to be like a Hollywood celebrity. I want to be like a rock star. You know, the, the movie that came out, Bohemian Rhapsody, about the life of Freddie Mercury who died at 45 tragically of AIDS. But I remember him having a song saying, I want it all, I want it all, I want it all, I want it now. And he kind of, Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me, for me. And sure enough, Beelzebub, the devil did have a devil put aside for him. He died his tragic life, gifting platinum albums, fame, success, everything cut short, dies at 45. Are you looking for life in things that make you die? Are you looking for life amongst the dead? Why wouldn't you look for life from the one who has been dead, but rose again from the dead? He is alive and living forevermore. Friend, I want you to know you can trust the words of Jesus. When, when, uh, when Jesus rose from the dead, he basically said, hey, you don't need to look to dead old religion. You don't need to look to rules and regulations and tradition. You can actually have a, an encounter, an experience with a resurrected God. I want you to know that Jesus is still setting people free from drugs. He's still setting people free from alcohol. He's still setting people free from addictions. He's still breaking chains, healing cancers, shrinking tumors. He's still raising people from the dead. He's still doing miracles. He's still saving marriages, delivering lives, bringing peace where before there was torment. He's still driving out evil spirits and demonic forces. Jesus is alive. How do I know He's alive? Because 24 hours a day, seven days a week, we see His presence. We see His power setting lives free. Friend, you can have that today. Just give your life to Jesus. Stop looking for life amongst the dead. Start looking for life by calling on the name of Jesus. The Bible says, all who call on His name will be saved. The third thing that the angel said to him is, he is not here. He is risen. See, He has gone on ahead of you. He's gone into Galilee. I want you to know Jesus didn't just kind of sit around waiting in the tomb saying any minute now they're going to be here. And when they got here, Jesus, you're alive, dude. And He wasn't like, yeah, you know, dude, like it was the craziest trip, man. It was like this, like this full on like vortex and there were lights and, and like there were colors and the next minute, like, dude, whoa, I could hear like the screams in hell and I could hear like the, the angelic songs of heaven. And dude, you should have heard the lyrics, man. They got musical instruments up there you ain't ever heard about, man. And the next minute I was like flying and I was like, I was out of my body, it was in my body. It was like, Jesus didn't do that. He wasn't talking about just the resurrection experience and all that. Jesus got up and he went ahead of them because Jesus had asked the disciples to follow me. You know, there are lots of religions in the world and sometimes, you know, we say, well, you know, I, I think it's a little bit, you know, arrogant of you Christians to, to kind of claim that your religion is better than other religions. You know, what's the difference between Christianity and Buddhism or Christianity and Hinduism or Christianity and Islam? What's, well, the biggest difference, kind of a, a big one, is that just like Buddha and Confucius and Muhammad and all those guys, they all lived and they all had some great teachings and some wonderful moments. They all left behind a religion. The biggest difference is, is you can find their bones. But Jesus came, saw, 
died and rose again. He's the only one to rise from the dead. Now, let me put it this way. If you are coming down to the end of a street and it forks and goes in two directions and there are two men sitting there and you don't know which way to go. If there are two men sitting there and you're not sure and you know you need to ask for directions, one of them is alive and the other one is dead, which one are you going to ask for directions? Jesus is alive, my friend. He said, I ain't just going to hang around here. I'm already going ahead of you because it's all about mission. It's all about future. It's all about purpose. I've got a vision. I've got a mission. I've got a purpose. I'm going on ahead of you. I need you to be looking forward. You can follow Jesus. Friend, we live in a world where people follow all kinds of philosophies, where people even follow their own heart and their own understanding. The Bible says, my friend, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in, its, in the end, it leads to death. I've got to tell you, in 33 years of following Jesus, there were many, many times where I thought I knew better than God or I knew better than God's Word. But I've got to tell you, if you do a study of the last 2,000 years of human history, some of the greatest minds, some of the greatest people tried to come against the Word of God only to find that the Word of God prevailed again and again and again. Not so much, no, nobody greater than maybe the, the 19th century French philosopher Voltaire. Voltaire was, was an amazing orator, was an amazing philosopher, an incredible arguer, Francois-Marie Voltaire. And he used to go and just devastate universities. He made this statement. He said, in 10 years time, Christianity will be no more. He says, the edifice that it took 12 disciples to rear, I will destroy in 10 years with my words and my pen alone. Well, unfortunately, about nine years later, Francois-Marie Voltaire dies. The nurse who attended his, his death said, never for all the money in all of Europe would I ever want to see another infidel, another atheist die because he died in such torment. He died screaming that I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to go to hell. He begged the doctor, please give me six months more life. Then I know I'm going to hell and you'll go with me. And he went, he just went out of this life horribly. But what was interesting was to the very, very anniversary of when he made that declaration, in 10 years time, Christianity will be no more. My hand will destroy the edifice. Exactly 10 years to the day, the Geneva Bible Society opened up their brand new headquarters, printing Bibles for distribution right throughout Europe in Francois-Marie Voltaire's home. His home was converted into a bike because I'm telling you, God is not mocked. Over the years, my friend, people have come up with all kinds of philosophies and philosophies come and go. Jesus says, my word endureth forever. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word endures forever. I want you to know he is not here. He is risen. Why seek the living amongst the dead? And the third thing, he has gone ahead of you. Why has he gone ahead of you? So you know that there is life after death. How do we know? Because Jesus rose from the dead. You know that he's a God of power. He's a God of resurrection. He's an overcomer and he's a 
God of life. Friend, you can put your faith and you can put your trust in these words. These words changed the son of an atheist. These words changed my life. In 33 years of following him, I've seen them change life after life after life. You're not here by accident. You're meant to be here. God has got a plan for you. He's got a great purpose designed for you. Friend, today, won't you let his life come in. Don't settle for religion. Religion has all the wrappings and all the accoutrements, but only Jesus has resurrection life. Resurrection life, an encounter with God, that's what awaits you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com. 